Hi, it's Deanne Ross here. Thank you for joining me to listen to this podcast. I'm the Love Theorist. This is the first in a series of commentaries, passionate on my soapbox kind of talking with you about the idea of love and why I think it's underrated for how, about, how it can bring about a better world. I hope you find the series really interesting. I'd like to formally begin by acknowledging the Gubby Gubby people who are the traditional custodians of the lands and waterways where I live and work on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia. I gain all my privileges and well-being from them and how they've cared for this country for tens of thousands of years as they continue to care for this country. I wish to stand as an ally with all First Nation people in Australia in the current political work that they are leading to ensure an independent voice for First Nation people in federal government, including recognition in the constitution. This is long overdue and I definitely stand as an ally to ensure this happens. I thought for the very first podcast in the series, it would be helpful to say a few comments about myself and how I come to this topic of love and why I'm wanting to build a theory of love. You might well be thinking, doesn't everybody know what love is? Isn't it important to everybody? But why? Why do we need a podcast on love? Okay, these may be some of the questions you have. And you know, I was thinking about that myself. Like, what is it about this focus that has got me really passionate and wanting to talk with everyone who will listen, basically? What it's about is the idea of love and the practice of love. What is it about the idea and practice of love to be able to practice love in ways that I think we can expand into as a global citizen? I think it's really important to dialogue with each other about what love means and to gain a vision of love that includes all of the best of all of us. When I speak about us, I'm talking about all sentient beings, including human beings, non-human animals and mother nature in all her diversity, complexity and agency. To explore the meaning of love and the many ways it can be expressed in our lives. This is indeed a very big topic. I thought maybe one way to organize my ideas would be, especially given this is the first podcast, would be just to say a little bit more about me so you can get a sense of who I am. Then for this podcast, I'm going to lead with my favorite theorist, Bell Hooks and her ideas of love. Hereafter, I'll proceed in this way, choosing people who, I, who have influenced why I've become really passionate about love and why I want to build a theory of love that may serve the planet at this time. Okay, so I'm a social worker, and I'm a social worker because of what I observed and thought about when I was a little person. I grew up in a very big family and was very aware of unfairness and the lack of love at times even though we were all cared for. But I did not really feel that loved or understood for who I was. There's a lot that happened in my childhood where I started to ask questions such as, why doesn't this feel quite right? What is it that's missing here? Becoming a social worker was about the desire born of this questioning of wanting to make the world a better place. Being an academic at this point in my career is very much about a passion for ideas and how ideas can be a way forward to hold a vision in the darkest of times of what we're trying to achieve, even if today we're not achieving it. 
As an academic, now wanting to explore the idea of love, it's perplexing that it took me a long time to have the courage to use the word love and to be able to say so succinctly what is at the heart of what I think is important in making the world a better place. It was a serendipity moment when I found the key that helped me link the idea of love to my work and teaching. I was teaching social work students when a student gave me one of Bell Hooks's books very early on. This was back in the 1990s. It was called Teaching to Transgress. And in it, Hooks said that the classroom could be a revolutionary space where people could know democracy and know being respected for their ideas and what that felt like. I found that truly radical because even then academia felt very constrained and very controlled in what was expected of students and how they were treated, even though they were adult learners. This was my introduction to Bell Hooks, who has written more than 40 books in her life. I have to really thank that social work student from way back for passing me the book. It was one of those career defining moments. The idea of love has intrigued me ever since. I went on two or three years later to do my doctorate on trying to understand love in an academic setting and what that meant for how I was as, social, as a social work practitioner in academia. Here we are, fast forward more than 20 years later, and perhaps most clearly in the last two or three years, I've become very focused on understanding everything that I do as being inspired by what Bell Hooks calls the love ethic. The love ethic or ethic of love is a bundle of values and capacities that inspires me in the darkest of times to pivot toward love, nonviolence and justice type actions. Today we focus mainly on the word love, but it is part of this broader idea of an ethic of love. Let's now have a little bit more detail about Bell Hooks and why her work is so important. Bell Hooks is a black American woman who during her lifetime, as I said, had wrote more than 40 books and other books for children and an amazing number of videos and other teaching resources. She was a professor of English and traveled all over the world giving speeches and presentations and talking with people about issues of racism and how it impacts her people. While Hooks was writing from her own lived experience and speaking predominantly to her own people, her ideas have value for everybody on the planet at this time. She was basically saying that love needs to be understood as more than individual emotions and more than sexualized ideas or intimacy between people. Rather, love is action in the world to make the world a better place. Hooks says that where there is love, there will be no violence, there will be no oppression. She particularly anchored her analysis of what is not okay on the planet around issues of racism and white supremacy as the cause of racism, sexism and patriarchy as the cause of sexism, and capitalism as the cause of class discrimination. Hooks writes that there is a lack of love or a culture of lovelessness sometimes she calls it a culture of domination, against minority groups or undesirable groups of people. I found that really interesting, this idea of practicing love as a conscious political action to turn issues of oppression into spaces and places where we need to do the love work for justice and to bring about a more peaceful, loving planet. 
Her 2001 book called All About Love is totally inspirational. If you haven't read it yet, I encourage you to get hold of it and read it. Even though it's been around a long time, I think it's a seminal piece of writing. Hooks defines love as the combined forces of care, responsibility, knowledge, critical thinking and compassion. She says that these abilities, sometimes I think of them as values, need to be actions in the world to make the difference. It's kind of interesting, just as an aside comment for the moment, that I'm doing a series of podcasts on the theory of love. And yet I absolutely agree with Bell Hooks that a theory is meaningless unless we're going to make a commitment and take actions in the world as guided by that idea or that theory. Bell Hooks writes that where there is love, there will be no oppression. Therefore, love is the answer to all types of oppression. And while I find it may be a very simplistic statement, I do find it inspiring. It does give us a sense in whatever situation we find ourselves in of what we can do that might make a difference for the better. No matter how constraining, no matter how violent, no matter how devastating the circumstances we find ourselves in, to think, what is it that would be a loving action in this situation? Is so interesting and potentially empowering that is to lead with love in such situations. One of the implications of Hooks's idea of love is that there are a few layers to it. Firstly, that we need to constantly practice self-love, not in a narcissistic way, but by genuinely understanding it ourselves for healing and caring for ourselves. Secondly, we need to understand love for being able and ready to contribute in the world without acting out our trauma or wounding. We need to foster a willingness to love others, including animals and the planet, as part of that whole grouping of what love is about. What has been significant for me as a social worker is that love requires us not only to stand with minority groups and places being exploited or abused, it requires us as well to be willing to stand up and challenge the actors, the organisations, managers, government, big companies who actually cause the inequalities in society that run along the fracture lines of racism, classism, sexism, disabilism, speciesism, devaluing of nature. We need to engage in peaceful, robust dialogues with all the parties who are impacted by matters of injustice in the world. People need to be held accountable when our actions cause harm. We need to make amends. We need to take responsibility. This emphasis on responsibility is part of Bell Hooks's definition of love. I really like that. Whose responsibility is it to do what is one of part of the question to be asked for love to be realized. How do we get powerful people who may not see they've caused harm to the dialogue table? Paulo Freire in his 1970 book, Pedagogy of the Press, says we need to bring people to the dialogue table to do the negotiating and work through what the justice issue is to bring substantive outcomes to the oppressed people. We can shy away from getting powerful people and organisations to the dialogue table. Or we can tend to underestimate how hard it is to engage powerful people. Yet without them, we can't get very far with the justice and love work that needs to happen. 
There's another aspect to Bell Hooks's definition of love, which she draws on, where she draws on Scott Peck's work, The Road Less Travelled. She cites him to describe love as a willingness to extend ourselves, that is, to be willing to learn for our personal growth and our ability and willingness to support others, to extend themselves and learn for the good of others. I really like that definition. It comes to the heart of how we can't just stand in judgment on what's going on. We have to come into a situation, take an ethical position, guided by love and justice, and look to make a contribution where we are willing to learn as well. For example, if we're concerned about issues of race, racial inequality, systemic racism, however you think about it, that we are willing to look at our own internal attitudes and beliefs and how we are in the world to make sure that we are not complicit with colonialism and all of what that means for minority groups across the planet, not only in Australia. I like Hooke's definition of love as a political concept, not to take away from personal meanings of love and how that feels, but this political definition is adding to and extending the personal idea of love. Love is action in the world to make a difference around matters of oppression. A particular conundrum that people may already be kind of thinking through themselves is one of the implications that arises from Hooke's work. Namely, that at an interpersonal level, people, you know, in your life, if there is abuse, exploitation and violence of any sort happening in a relationship, then she would say that that is not love. It may be the person being abusive says they love you, but the word and actions do, do not align. I probably would want to say that maybe there are very few people who have relationships where there is no violence and no exploitation. At the same time, I believe that within every relationship, it is possible to increase the amount of love and decrease and remove any violence and exploitation that is happening. So I probably would not want to be quite as strident as Bell Hawks to say that there, where there is love, there is no oppression. I think it can be much messier than that. People love each other in situations of violence. It doesn't make the violence morally okay. The two phenomena love and violence can coexist even though love would be deeply imprinted by the violence as my personal experience highlights and certainly in my social work career i've had to be willing many times to step into situations of extreme unsafety for myself and other people in extreme injustice and violence to try and make a contribution to bring about more dialogue more safety, more respect for the people who are being treated unfairly. I think we need to keep working on this idea of love. I'm really wanting to hear other people's ideas about love and to keep building on Bell Hooks's legacy in this regard. You might like to read an article of mine, um, look for the reference Ross 2022 in the support materials. For example, one aspect that we probably tend to underestimate is the significance of, the importance of, self-love. Now, I don't mean self-love to be about self-aggrandizing or not being narcissistic in the world. I mean self-love 
that is willing to do the healing work around our own wounds and trauma. For many of us, most of us perhaps, I believe the witnessing of injustice and harm and concern for what's happening on the planet on so many levels is heartbreaking and can cause trauma. It can also cause paralysis and can cause us to give up hope in the world. It can affect us as well in not being so gentle, loving and kind to ourselves. Unless we know how to heal ourselves and love ourselves in the darkest of times, our ability to stand and be with others of all kinds, all kinds of species, will be limited and unsustainable over the long haul. Of course, justice work is a long haul project with many, many actors contributing across the lifespan of the struggle. Think about the Black Lives Matter movement as one example, including how it how it um, manifests in Australia. I think. Fox's writing is potentially revolutionary, arising from her willingness to put the word love that means so many things to us into a form that links the personal and the political. It's actually quite a contested word in Western cultures, particularly when Hooks puts it right there in the middle of what matters. Her close friend Cornel West, who is also significant in the Black Lives Matter movement in its current form on the planet, says that love is what justice looks like in, in public. I find that very inspiring way to think of, about love, such that whatever, whether it's in public or in private, love is in any is any action that avoids being retaliatory, avoids harming others, that turns from violence or neglected people and other beings toward love. It always matters how we act, even if it's not in public, but especially when it is in public. We are starved, I think, for good examples of people in public places standing up and being accountable for their actions when harm is done. We need to start with ourselves, go gentle on ourselves. I think that's part of Hooks's legacy, that she was really trying to live these ideas that she was writing about because she wanted to make that kind of contribution in the world, starting with herself and moving outwards with all the people that she had contact with. I do think you'd really like her work. If you haven't seen it before, even just reading whatever you can get your hands on about her would be a good place to start. So you get a feel for Bell Hooks's writing, which I find itself to be very inspiring because she writes in a very accessible way for everyday people to read, which I think is important. This is an example on page 13 in her book, All About Love. To begin by always thinking about love as an action rather than a feeling is one way in which anyone using the word in this manner automatically assumes accountability and responsibility. On page five, she writes, affection is only one ingredient of love. To truly love, we must mix the various ingredients of care, affection, recognition, respect, commitment, and trust as well as honest and open communication. Learning faulty definitions of love when we are quite young makes it difficult to be loving as we grow older. Most of us learn early on to think of love as a feeling. That's the end of her quote. But this can be 
this idea of love as a feeling can be very limiting for the work that needs to happen and the inspiration and motivation for the work that needs to happen on the planet at, the, at this time. In a nutshell, we've been talking about some introductory comments about who I am and why I think this series of podcasts about love needs to happen. I'm looking for an expansive, multi-dimensional way of thinking about love to guide personal healing and justice work. Ideas become important to us and then become values and guidelines to our behaviours. And the way we think about these ideas really matters. We explored how Bell Hooks' writing invites us to consider the political idea of love as actions toward justice and nonviolence. Love is needed for oppression to be addressed. Just what this requires is not self-evident and is part of the aim of this series of podcasts to link the idea of love with actions in the world. Thus, love is where we are starting, and I'm hoping going forward to introduce you to some other inspiring authors on love and activists inspired by love. I do thank you for your time. It's been a privilege chatting with you today, and I look forward to any comments you care to leave for me. My best love to you. <laughs>